Hello, everybody. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Welcome back to episode 14 of Let's Have a Drink. This, you know, this podcast is rolling. We're just rolling through the episodes week after week. Breezing 14 or not, we're filling the vibes and we're filling the time and we're doing it. Um, I was thinking the other day about how much like we actually put work into this podcast and yeah. the return is a little less than I thought we would be at at the moment, but it's I'm thinking just roll, it's a though. perseverance because yep. the entertainment world is so tough to get your foot in the door. So yeah, it's been, it's been a ride, but uh, I'm glad we're back. Hey, and Rome wasn't built in a day. No, exactly. So. Exactly. So, um, but I will still advise anybody who's got, you know, a local, small local business. It's kind of a weird time for it right now, but anybody who wants... If you do deliver, like, I don't know, sponsor us, partner us with, yeah. with us. Let's, We're happy to let's rave work about together. you. Yeah, we will, are happy, happy to, you yeah. know, get some get some people to talk highly about. Um, and one thing I want to talk highly about, which we kind of just started, is this new workout program that we just got going on. Oh, my. Called Beachbody. Mm-hmm. Most people know what it is. Yeah. Most people who've worked out before know what it is. Uh, and we just started it thanks to your friend. You used to do it. Uh, and I'll let you talk about yours uh, yeah. a little bit. But um, yeah, it's been you know a little bit of a sh- struggle for both of us at first, but mm-hmm. we're pushing through, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So, what is what is your take on it? How do you been feeling? What oh, I to? I adore it. So I had um so my a good friend of mine from um, school, Jocelyn, she um she ended up getting into the programs because of a friend of hers mm-hmm. and then later became a coach. So she basically mentors people, helps them along in their programs, is a resource for them, a motivator, basically like the best hype woman you can get. Right. Um, she has a really strong social media presence. Cool. Um, but yeah, she really knows everything there is to know about the whole setup and the programs and how to get started with them. And she's tried many, she's been at this for a while now. So she's tried many of the different programs. Um, she has really put her heart and soul yeah. into it, which is just super motivational, blows my mind. Um, but um, I had, so because of her, I had gotten into it because I was like, you know what? She's seen some great results. She's getting really excited about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a try because I had tried like a free trial thing and I was like, you know what? Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Let's and you were really into it. You were like really I was. dedicated. I was. Time. And I think I was at a point in my life. I'm like, hey, like this is one of the things that like my health and fitness is something that I really want to change. Yep. And this seems like the perfect way to do it rather than just me trying to cobble together something on my own. This is a solid program for me to start with. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Um, I had ended up wanting to do coaching and just with a lot of stuff going on it in my life It sounds like a lot time. of effort and, and It is time. a lot of effort. And with a lot of stuff going on in my life, I was like, I can't prioritize this. And I didn't right. feel right for me to try and prioritize that um, when I couldn't give it my all and I couldn't be there to support people. It just mm-hmm. didn't seem fair. Mm-hmm. So I ended up taking a step back with everything. Um and not doing it for a while and then with all of this going on i'm like you know what literally like i'm just gonna be in my house sitting around anyways i might as well be doing these workouts like they're made to be done at home Mm -hmm. so then i ended up sorry Um, so i ended up messaging um joss and she got us back started in uh into it all and Mm -hmm. um yeah like it's just been great i did notice that you know it was a bit of a struggle to get back into things i started with the same program i started with before because i knew it was a good place to start and um i have noticed that i've gotten stronger with it quicker though it's like my body has a muscle literally muscle memory um and yeah it's fantastic i love it i've been feeling so great and energized Uh, it's fantastic yeah no i'm in the same boat i started a program called tenor rounds which is a very high endurance high intensity uh full body cardio and you know mm-hmm. um everything uh workout program but it also teaches you some boxing moves and some boxing techniques which is, which is super cool really really sweet so i'm loving that um and i'm just it, it, it's it's hurting me 
in the mornings and in the evenings, but it's um even, but i think what today like i was like wow i'm hurting i woke up and i was like my legs hurt and then as soon as i get, got into the workout and i was moving it felt natural and i was like back. okay you know what i'm actually I, i'm kind of starting the day fresh so it was good um mm-hmm. so just pushing through every day um Absolutely. today i poured myself a moscow mule uh a personal Ooh. favorite and uh, you got yourself an electric unicorn an electric unicorn from the flying monkeys i'm pretty sure no oh what the no heck? It's, um, I believe, the Phillips Brewing and Malting Company. Oh, neat. Um, cool. It is a white IPA. It's, it's so a really it's a white one. ale like it. with like with hops and stuff like that. It's I like it. um, quite lovely, actually. Right, right on, right on. Yeah, no, it's um, we we've been doing our best to kind of minimize a little bit of the drinking during the week, but we still you know partake on the weekends and enjoy our time. Absolutely, it's time to relax. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy this episode. We are very excited to start the first rabbit hole session Let if you want to call it a session um and that's why i was hoping you know ryan save that voice of yours because you're going to be talking a lot uh and everybody who loves the beautiful ryan and her <laughs> beautiful voice you guys are in for a really fun relaxing informative episode it will be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to learning some new funky ass things and it should be i, I just you know what i think we should just jump right into it roll that intro all right guys and we are back um i this has been an overwhelming preparation for me i was gonna say uh one for one let's just give ryan a big round of applause (laughs) because she was like stuck in her room all day like she was studying for a final it was a very long educated study note-taking process Mm -hmm. and uh she deserves all the credit for this episode um and you know what it's going to be a fun one and i'm hoping to learn so much stuff Thank um, you. And I know you're really nervous. I Well, I was just nervous because I'm like, is everyone's going to hate listening to me talk after this episode? As long as I want you to... One thing, uh, you know, as you learn in acting, slower, pace yourself. Yes. Take the pauses. You I've know. been told I talk too fast sometimes. You do. And especially in <laughs> topics like this, which is why... When you do talk and you rabbit hole yourself, you talk faster, faster, faster because you have, all, you have all this brain energy and it's great. Yeah. Um, but it, uh, you know, I'm going to stop you and pause you and question you on a lot of things. Um, you do it, if, dude. And, you know, for everybody at home, we're going to try to get you interacting here as well, asking you some questions, keeping you, your brain cells active. And I guess you got, you can just go and start it right now. Perfect. All right. Well, guys, this, um, so for our rabbit hole today, we are doing the cases of Biggie and Tupac. Um, yeah, they yeah. are wildly, re- widely recognized as basically uh, solved cold cases, I would say. Um, well, look, for, for what about the listeners who don't know who Tupac and Biggie are? I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm going to okay, get perfect. to that. That's, that's where my part's going to be, and I'm just going to jump we, ahead. <laughs> all, the inf- all the information will come together, um, but as I do, like, I will pref- preface for anyone who isn't particularly familiar, although they are quite famous, so they, I don't see why you are, Their names are recognized. But Tupac Shakur and um, Christopher Wallace, a.k.a. the Notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Name. Biggie Smalls. Learn something new. Christopher um, Wallace. They are yes, his real name is Christopher Wallace. That's crazy. Um, yes, um, they are quite beloved rappers um, that rose to fame 
early 90s um, to mid 90s and they blew the world by storm Um, they were quite talented and unfortunately they were both shot at a very young age oh wait they were both shot they were both shot we will get to it okay okay learning so many things i will preface this right now what i'm going to talk about today will barely it's the 101 course of this situation because there has been multiple investigations since it happened in 1996 1997 up until literally like maybe half a dozen years ago right it is ongoing and there are so many people and so many many videos documentaries yes you know sources yes so there is a lot of names and a lot of underlying conflicts. Uh, I'm going to do my best to simplify what's important without Can't leaving wait. too much Cannot stuff Cannot wait. So Biggie and Tupac were extremely loved by fans, friends, and family, and um, have become even more beloved since they died. Um, this is, I think, a big contributing factor to why there's so many conspiracy theories surrounding this case and so many questions. On top of that, they were extremely young. Do you want to guess how old they were? When they were... When they died. When they died. I know when, based on the pictures and, like, even the the retold story of them, they had to have been no older than 25 apiece. They were 25. So, Tupac was 25 and Biggie was 24. To put that into perspective, I am 24 years old. Yes. Which is incredibly crazy. It is. But it is a different time. It was a different time. Because you said early, mid... Like, they were... They died early 90s mid 90s or they were uh, like they died ra- mid 90s so the year right. um for tupac it was 96 and biggie was 97 wow cool. yeah so literally like tupac died the so, year i was born okay so 25 and 24 25 and 24 biggie wait two i'm gonna yeah. tupac was 25 biggie was 24 tupac was okay 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 whenever um, you whenever you give information on both of them if it's going to be the same tupac's info comes first biggie's comes second let's just put it that way okay because at this point too like tupac died first he was older he came to fame earlier we'll just put it that way okay cool um so with the fact that they were so young it's already devastating without the fact that the cases are still technically no one's been arrested or officially charged so they're essentially unsolved although many people kind of know what happened i see so um like I was saying, it's essentially known what happened due to multiple investigations, but the most disappointing part is the fact that um, it's basically the whole situation, because it's basically been figured out, what happened to them really didn't need to happen. Oh, okay. It is, and I think that's what a lot of people have kind of like fed into the theories for is because they need to um, have a better explanation for something that happened to people who are so young and talented. Right. Um, one thing that I do think, uh, was never given proper attention to for the like whole, um, investigation is that, um, these cases can't be treated separately. They are inextricably linked because of their relation, the, the artist's relationship to each other, the type of environment they were in, the scene that they were in. And you'll kind of notice as things go on. And at least I've noticed in all my research there was no way that these cases didn't happen in conjunction with each other. They are super interdependent. But so they both died. A, they what was what's the exact dates of their deaths? If I'll you get have there. It? Okay, because I want to know months apart, whatever. But you'll get into it. Cool, I will get into it. Yeah. So, um, as you guys can maybe tell through before when we've talked about this and getting into it now with how overwhelmed I seem already, um, I've absorbed a lot of media um, 
dealing with the two cases. Um, some of the main sources that I'm getting a lot of my facts from and details and stuff like that um, are the amazing fellows at Lad- the last podcast on the left. Shout out to them. They did a three-part episode on the cases. And that's exactly where you said, and these, and they did a three part and each of their parts are two hours long. I'm pretty sure. Uh, you, they were just over an hour. This was like okay. a, I want to say 2016. They did these okay, episodes so before they started doing longer episodes. I gotcha. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's, and that's, but again, their too, take like, on it. that's still decent. Like there's been some cases they have like, or some episodes they have no choice. just goes longer. Um, but that's still, you know, probably about three and a half hours worth of content just right there. And are you going to be pulling information from all three of those parts? Or essentially yes okay sweet yeah, yeah. Cool, cool um some of the actual like step-by-step accounts of what happened or some of the details about what happened the day of i'm taking for some from some episodes done by the buzzfeed and solved crew um, right. when they first got started up they did an episode for each case um and then a lot of the background info that um was talked about on the podcast that they like there's a lot of they their whole first episode basically just built up to the environment that these two men were in gotcha so they gave a lot of context if anybody was super um like my dad um was like super invested in the history of like gangster rap and the rivalry and all of like the the characters and showbiz involved check out last podcast on the left listen to it very least the first episode um they also used the few sources they shouted out was um one book that i own called murder rap by detective greg greg kading mm-hmm. um he actually headed up one of the investigations into the biggie smalls murder and they ended up solving a bunch of stuff for tupac as well because oh, like wow. i said gotcha. they are connected right um and then another one of the books that does more so about the actual like history and kind of explains the egos of everybody involved and ha- what their attitudes were like it gives you more context to their mental state um was the book original gangsters written by ben westoff um they raved about it i haven't read it but i definitely want to after really listening to the episodes so is that a book about the characters involved in their lives yes where, so so trying to get a better understanding of if anybody had motives or alibis or and it, well it wasn't necessarily strictly about the case like ben westoff's oh, book original their... gangsters had to do with like the whole scene <laughs> gotcha, of gangster rap gotcha um and like where everything came from cool um, so in the end, I will talk about as much as I can without doing a disservice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really do encourage people to do your own research because it's literally a wild story. If I were to touch on every single bit of crazy info, we would be here for, for a long time. hours. Right. Now, what do you think is the best source for somebody to get a crash course? Like, it's, is it is it really to understand the three hour part that or the, you know, the last podcast or is it the documentaries that you've watched or is it books? Um, what do you think is the best source to get as much information? Truly, I would honestly, truly, I would start with the podcast. I would start with the books that they mentioned. So original gangsters and murder rap, uh, murder rap's a bit hard to get through because it was written by a police detective and he gets very technical right, about right, stuff, right, gotcha. um, but it's worth it. Um, and then I haven't personally watched it, but they mentioned a um, documentary done by Soledad O'Brien with um, Ice-T gotcha. and um, that seems super interesting interesting i would also recommend any sort of like short documentary videos for the love of god do not watch nick broomfield's documentary it is just like his one on kirk Cobain. like it's just a bunch of bs and he's just doing it because it's controversial and get him attention that's funny that's funny okay well then shout out to last podcast on the left find Absolutely. them on all on spotify um, my boys and and you know what they they probably do it they do a good job i've listened to plenty of their stories shout out to them uh, we're just gonna one-on-one what we got here cool. yeah so cool, without cool. further ado, let's get started. Deepen, dive in, rabbit hole. In. Okay, so Tupac Shakur was born um, June 
1971 in New York, but spent a lot of time growing up in the San Francisco Bay Area and then eventually moved to L.A. in 1993 to pursue his rap career. He quickly rose to fame, um, likely due to his very like brutal lyrics and deep messages, um, messages within his music. He was not necessarily technically like with like pace and like timing, but he knew his way around using words and how to like say something with them. Right. Um, in the podcast, um, they referred to him as almost a Bob Dylan type. Mm. Um, and this was kind of mentioned, um, as such like in the original gangsters book that they read. Um, so he was the Bob Dylan type of the rap scene and, um, didn't do so much of like the party tracks. that A lot of the other rappers were doing, um, yeah. So while he was considered a poet, he also had a few run-ins with the law along the way, usually just like weapons. Cause he was dumb. He had like weapons charges and assault charges because you get right, into fights time. with somebody yeah, yeah, yeah. or pull a gun like an idiot. Cause you think you're a thug. Where did he live? Um, in LA. Oh, okay. Gotcha. In LA. Yeah. Um, after his rise to fame for his music, he lands a role in the movie Juice. Um, many people from the time probably know what I'm talking about. Um, he played a kid, uh, a kid named Bishop from Harlem who gets addicted to the role of killing after a batch robbery. Um, and it was after like watching, cause like obviously Tupac went to the premiere, um, and watched himself on screen, play this character of this kid involved in, you know, the life mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And he was a real like thug. Um, a lot of people around Tupac said that after watching himself like that on screen, something kind of like changed in his head a little bit. Mm. Um, and this slowly but surely led him on the track of like, kind of taking on the persona a little bit more. Mind you, a lot of these artists like put on the facade of being a gangster, but it wasn't like really there. Okay. Um, so, but I will interrupt with a fun fact. Um, so Tupac was really heavily invested in kind of building a film career as well as doing music. He was a guy who wanted to branch out a lot. Um, and while listening to the last podcast episodes, I found out that Tupac had actually auditioned for the role of Bubba in Forrest Gump. No way. Yep. That's funny. Yep. Could That's you imagine? Very I could. Totally could. So was he, so he was a pretty, uh, pretty tough guy and like, he, you know. Uh, oh yeah. He, he, was, he had he, a rough he, time growing up. He like, had a okay, rough time so growing he, up. So he, you know, he was, or before this movie role before he actually clicked in his head mm -hmm. he was already pretty bad well like he wasn't like a gang member he had just been like it, it was a rough time growing up his you know his mom okay. um had his mom Hafini actually had was involved with the black panthers had went away to prison they weren't super rich growing up they had struggles um but he wasn't like gotcha you know okay cool doing gotcha that, that, that makes sense so yeah there's a little bit of the beginnings from him christopher wallace like i said notorious big aka Biggie Smalls. I will continue to refer to him as Biggie just because it okay, is easier. Okay, that makes sense to me. Um, he was born May 21st, uh, 1972 and grew up in Brooklyn, New York City. And in 1993 was signed to Sean Puff Daddy Combs' label, Bad Boy Records. One thing that I find endlessly irritating is the fact that Sean Combs has changed his name about 15 billion times. I will generally refer to him as Puff or Puffy for the rest of the episode. Okay. Because that was what he went by at the time. Puff, Puff works for me. Puff or Puffy. Puffy does not sound like a gangster type guy or producer. See, here's label the thing guy is like, whatever. he really, I mean, mind you, he has, he was tough because he had to be at first, but like, he's not, he's not a thug. And again, that's a lot of things that happens with like these record label guys and these artists. It's like, they're not hardened criminals. They have to put up the facade they are. Gotcha. Except for one guy and we will get to him later. Um, so... 
Biggie and Tupac were beloved artists um, and some of the biggest contenders from each coast at the time. So, you know, Biggie was over in New York City on the East Coast and Tupac was over on the West Coast. Um, and this played hard into the East Coast, West Coast rivalry. They were each the shining stars of each coast. Mm. And I feel like that really pitted them together a lot. Um, so a lot of people thought that they were rivals from the start. However, they started off as friends. So they first met in 1993 when like, you know, Tupac was like really getting the roles on like being famous and just before Biggie got signed, I believe, or no, just before he did his first record. Okay. Um, they met in 1993. Biggie flew out to Cali, um, one, to buy some real dope weed and two, to meet Tupac. So Biggie had met up with a dealer who turns out had actually knew like Tupac was, you know knew of him was around him gotcha um and then through that connected and tupac invited biggie over and the day that he went over um tupac actually like cooked up some like i think it was like steaks or barbecue or something and the two of them played with unloaded machine guns and handguns so is biggie popular at this time because he hadn't been had music no, at well, that point biggie was rising up he i okay. think had done like mostly like guest verses okay but this was so they met right before he released his first, first album, album. and then after that it just so went he hasn't he wasn't even a the because he was was on the east coast so he wasn't even big on the east coast yet he was a name but he wasn't yeah. a big name yeah he okay. wasn't he wasn't biggie yet and, but tupac big. was but tupac, tupac was. was okay yeah. cool um so then after this like they like i said they played with like unloaded guns blah 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 um after this every time like let's say um tupac went over to new york city or biggie went to la they would like hook up hang out sometimes stay at each other's places they were buddies like tupac even mentored biggie and Tupac actually convinced Biggie to stay at Bad Boy because Biggie wanted Tupac to be his manager. Mm. But Tupac was like, no, no, no. Stay with Puff at Bad Boy. Make sure Puff's your manager because he is going to make you a star. And cool. this is exactly what he did. Okay, cool. So um, at the end of it, it wasn't really the rap rivalry itself that drove them into a feud, but literally about all the craziness and stupid like bullshitters they surrounded each other with at the end of the day they were artists um a lot of these guys maybe like sold dope as kids but they were in there to make records like if they were out on the street they wouldn't be recording albums right um they surrounded themselves with people involved in the criminal life to help their like rep and facade um and a lot of this association is probably what ended Very up odd. leading to their death okay yeah. yeah and that time period i guess that makes sense you yeah 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 gotta look tough well, I mean, it's gangster rap, man. Like you're rapping about one thing, and people connect. Well, that's with how you get your connections, right? Because everybody in the like, you know, you you surround yourself with bad people. These bad people know people. They they they're the ones who know everybody. So once they spread the yeah. word, it's like, yeah, everyone knows. Well, who these you guys are were then. telling real stories of what was happening on the streets because mm -hmm. they grew up in it. So I guess they do experience it at some level too, then, huh? Well, they definitely did. Like, um, um, Biggie talked all the time about how, and he used to talk in his songs all the time about how he used to sell dope on the street, right? Um. So, and again, too, it, it was so weird, though, because, like, Biggie never went without food. His mom, Valletta, worked super hard to take care of them. She was a single mom, but he never, you know, was, he probably was a little bit, you know, better off in growing up and had a little less struggle than what Tupac did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, while Biggie rose to stardom, Tupac let himself get more and more integrated into the criminal world. Um, so, the line between him, like, playing gangster and, like, actually acting gangster got really blurred i see um in 1994 and i feel like this this trip to 1994 and the guy he's about to meet really did change a lot for him 
1994, Tupac went to New York City to shoot the movie Above the Rim. It was a basketball movie, I think. I don't know. I hadn't heard of it before Makes I listened sense to this sense it would case. be, yeah. Why? Because of the weights. Well, Above the Rim sounds like a basketball movie. Oh, true. Fair enough. Um, where So, um, Pac played a drug dealer in the film. And in order to research the role, he connected with a music promoter and literal dirtbag, uh, a guy by the name of Haitian Jack. Mm. Um, actually, when Biggie, because they all were kind of grew up in the same neighborhood, um, mm. like Haitian Jack, people he knew, and like Biggie and everybody. So Biggie actually found out and went to Tupac and said, like, no, like, stay away from him. Don't literally follow anybody else but him like leave him so alone so big biggie's living in la with two no, no 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 no. this oh. is in new york oh i'll see oh okay so okay. biggie knows haitian jack or knows of haitian jack mm. um haitian jack is literally a criminal like the wow. um in the podcast they talked about how like this guy would like rob drug dealers and live to tell about it wow like he he was messed okay so they are they both in new york yeah. Am I just yeah okay yeah yeah i literally said 1994 tupac went to new york to shoot oh, the I, did, I missed that sorry okay. that's my bad <laughs> this is gonna be a long episode guys um but yeah, so when Biggie found out, he warned him not to be around um, Haitian Jack. Tupac ignored everybody's warnings, even Biggie's. Um, and it was with this time that he spent with Haitian Jack that Tupac was actually accused of the worst crime of his life. Um, it was the rape of a woman named Diona Jackson. Um, yeah, not so great. Um, Tupac denied the crime and literally until he died. Like he, even after he went away. Yeah. Because, spoiler alert, he went to jail. Yes. Um, he went to jail for, for the crime. Yeah. So, okay. he was accused. He was accused um, and, and proven guilty if he went to jail for it. So, here's the thing. So, Tupac denied it. And he did later admit that he was in the next room. And that he did feel a deep sense of guilt for not doing anything about what he figured was happening. Right. Um, but... I guess because of the fact that he was a gangster rapper, he had a list of assault charges and weapons mm-hmm, charges. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He was hanging around shady people. You it's know, you have, you have a woman saying like, hey, like, well, he's not, it's complicated. You have a bad rep. He's a bad dude. He's a, with a, has he, a bad he's, rep. He's a dude with a bad rep. Yes. Therefore, he's a dude with he will get the guilt for everything. So right. a lot of people on the jury thought differently, I guess, and convicted him. And he was sentenced for about, I think, one and a half to four and a half years, I think was the sentencing okay. timing. Um, the thing about this was Haitian Jack actually pled out on two misdemeanors. So he never really spent any time serving for this crime. I see. Um, and because of this, it convinced Tupac that Haitian Jack was a snitch. Mm. And Tupac told everybody who would listen that he thought that Haitian Jack was a snitch. Here's the thing. You don't do that to a guy named, <laughs> a guy like Haitian Jack um, without any consequences. So... Fast forward a little while sooner. Uh, I think it's like just before sentencing or Tupac has to go to prison. Um, Tupac goes to Quad Recording Studio. That's in Times Square in New York um, to record a guest first for a guy named Little Sean. Um, that was like, he was like friends with like Biggie's crew and everything. So he was there recording at Quad. Um, mm-hmm. Little This guy, Little Sean. He was like, hey, like Tupac want to be on my thing. And he's like, yeah, sure, man, whatever. I'll come record a verse. Um, and an important detail is that Biggie and Puffy were at Quad the same day recording for themselves. Um, as Pac got on the elevator, he was approached by a few guys that were wearing like army fatigues. And I guess this was like the style at the time for a lot of guys in Brooklyn. Makes sense. Um, so he was like, oh, it must be like guys with like Biggie's crew or whatever. Um, and right before like the elevator opened up for him to get on, the guys just pulled out guns and pistol whipped the shit out of him. Oh, wow. Like beat him so bad. This was in 
This was in New York at right. the recording, the building where the at recording studio was in. Yeah, right before he got on the elevator from the main floor. I see. Wow. Pac went to go pull out like a gun from his whole from his waistband, shot himself in the leg, and they just continued to beat him. He didn't get any shots off. Mm-hmm. Um, he would later say that he got shot like five times, and it, no, you got shot once and then just really badly beaten. Not to say that it wasn't serious, but like, you know, you shot. But he shot himself. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So and they stole like a bunch of his jewelry and like left. He like stumbled, Pac stumbled into the elevator um, and then the elevator like took him upstairs. And um, when the doors opened, Tupac like kind of like basically fell out of the elevator almost mm-hmm. and like saw um, Biggie and Puffy because they had a direct line, I guess, to the elevator and were like, the fuck? He just like tumbles out beaten within an inch of his life. Pac later would describe the looks on their faces as um, like surprise and guilt and um, with them, like in the crew around them, was an associate of Haitian Jacks. <laughs> this guy's last name. Do you want to take a guess what it is? I no. I mean, I would love to take multiple guesses, but I'm gonna be far off. His last name was Henchman. No. <laughs> yeah, I kid Literal you not. Henchman? It was Henchman. Yeah, that's a movie. That's a movie yeah. read right there. Yeah, yeah. So his last name was Henchman. Um, but yeah, so Tupac later said he saw the look on their faces. Um, and this convinced him that they were behind the people attacking them. But like Haitian Jack's guy was there and like definitely had something to do with that. But for no, some was reason. Was this guy known to be a bad guy? Yeah. Oh, so this this so this friend of Haitian Jack is also known as a bad guy. Yeah. Just hanging out this recording studio. Yeah. That doesn't sound okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, again, these guys all like hung out with gang members. Like um, Puff would like later hire Crips every time he went to like different parts of California to get them to like work as security just but, so that they would. Yeah, get- but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm under the impression now that you have Tupac who, you know, uh, did his deed and, and, you know, hung out and spent a lot of time with Haitian Jack. And now you have his friend, Haitian Jack's friend in the recording studio with Biggie. Biggie told him like, don't hang out with that dude. He's bad news. Like, so don't do it. And now you just have his friend now hanging out with them. It's like, so, um, the associate of like Haitian Jack's was actually the manager for little Sean. And the only reason why he, like they even like, and then this is too, their circles ran into each other. So little Sean yeah, was just a rapper. So right. Biggie, of course knew him cause they were both on the music scene. And then this is, can you see how they all, all, circle. that's what I mean is they all Small end world. up somehow surrounding themselves. That's crazy how you have like a really bad dude who's a manager, yeah. like known as a bad dude. Yeah. He's a manager. Yeah. Yeah. What, was, oh. what was Haitian, like what was Haitian Jack's career? What did he He was do? a music promoter. He's a music promoter. So he literally, that's how he would like be in the same circles as Biggie. Like they'd end music up showing promoter. at the same parties. What the hell is that? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. Um, Tupac was getting super paranoid because he thought like Haitian Jack set him up for the, for the, like the rape case. And now he's seeing Puffy and Big with a dude from Haitian Jack's crew and he just got right. beat up at the recording studio. But that's with also now it's the little Sean's manager. So it's like, what are you gonna? Yeah, but he's not thinking about that. All he's thinking gotcha. about, I just got beat the fuck up mm-hmm. and look who's here looking mm-hmm. surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, however though, so a long long time later um this guy named dexter isaac actually came forward saying he was one of the guys who beat up tupac and said it was on the order of henchmen on behalf of haitian jack because of all the shit tupac was saying about how he thought that haitian jack was a snitch biggie and puff had nothing to do with it Mm -hmm. but the important thing is that tupac thought biggie and puff had something to do with it right um yeah okay so that's a so he got 
badly injured. he got badly beaten okay um, he got a little bit of time in the hospital and then once he recuperated enough he was directly going to prison because of the because of the, the rape, rape case. case yeah so did he um, get that verse on Lil sean's album or, no, no, no. Absolutely he was not. just like, nah, not doing that today. Well, no, he had to go to the <laughs> hospital and then go to jail. But. I would have been, I would have been like, I mean, depending on how ba- famous little Sean was, be, I'd be like, mm-hmm. go to the hospital with me. I'll record it. But just yeah. give me a microphone. Yeah. I just got shot, but it was myself. That, that's all I got. Oh, honey, I'm doing my best. This is free. You are. You're free, trying. Freestyling. Freestyling. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, but no matter what other people said, Tupac couldn't couldn't be convinced that Biggie and Puff weren't evolved. And of course, there's like all these prisoners, a part of gangs going, yo, like, I heard what Big and Puff did you, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, guys Puff just talking you. up a game because they want to get people riled up. For sure. So literally, he's hearing this, can't be convinced. You know, he's sitting in jail for a crime that he, you know, whatever. And he's sitting <laughs> in prison and he's stewing about it. Um, but fun fact, in between his little sessions of obsessing over the fact that someone he thought he was friend fucked him over. Um, guess who would send letters to Tupac while he was in prison? Biggie. No. Puff. No. Haitian Jack. No. His mom. You quite uh, look up to this person. I look up to this person? Yep. You love this guy. Uh, this is tough. This is... Uh, he's a rapper. No. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He's an actor? Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what time frame? Like, is he older now? old yes. actor now or is he still like middle like 30s 40s or is he like 50s he's 60s? probably like late 40s 50s i don't know how old comedian actor comedian Ad- adam sandler no oh, damn. jim carrey yes no way jim carrey used to be on living color in living color and so was tupac oh my gosh i think he's like a backup dancer on living color wow so yeah they knew each other from those days and jim carrey and also tony danza which i don't get <laughs> why but jim carrey wrote him letters while he was in prison <laughs> wow <laughs> i think you did give me that piece of information about their little connection uh about uh, a living color. how they knew each other right, yeah, 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 right. yeah definitely it probably came up but yeah he used to send him he used to send two buck letters while yeah. he was in prison yeah wow that, that, is a, that was a really neat fun fact i yeah. like that a lot i knew you'd like that one cool so um, so now he's getting this paranoia of everyone just keeps trying to get him riled up like yeah. biggie and puff did this to you not Haitian jack biggie yeah. and puff did this to you yeah i see yeah. so so now he's okay. So now he's okay. thinking he's like, "Fuck these guys! They fucked in my life, like whatever." And then this is where you get like a lot of their diss tracks uh-huh. that come later when Tupac gets out of jail. This is still '94, right? This all happened within the year, kind of. Yeah, I think we're getting closer to like a '95 situation, okay. closer to '96. Um, it's a while. A lot of it too. It sounds like it happens close together, but then it's not. But then it it's weird. It's a whole. A lot of this stuff went by super quickly. Because um, one of them died in ninety six. One of them died in ninety seven. Yeah. Right. Okay. So they're still getting time between. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. But yes. So. Big pause. Yes. We, sorry. So we're going to the part. So he's now I in got jail. Kind of distracted. He's now in jail. Gotcha. Um. So Tupac was in a really rough spot after going to jail. Okay. Um, and while he was very successful with his first two albums, he could not afford his bail. Um, I believe it was set at like just over a million. It was like 1.4 mil or something like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but Couldn't afford he, that. Hmm, interesting. But well, do you know who a- could help him with his bail? Uh, Jim Carrey. No. Well, if, if Jim Carrey helped him with his bail, he would not probably, you know. Right. Anyways, I see. Uh, um, Biggie did then. A no, a oh guy named Suge Knight could. Suge Knight. Suge Knight. I know who that is. Kind of owned the label Death Row Records. Death Row Records. Death Row Records. Gotcha. 
I do remember this. He uh, started off involved with Ruthless Records with Easy and Dre and all that. Um, Who is Tupac signed to at this point? He's assigned to Interscope Records. Okay. So his him signing over to Death Row wasn't too big of a deal because Death Row was actually under Interscope. Oh. But like, so when did he sign over thing. to Death Row? Later, after like after this part, or is this? No, like while he was in prison, he, was he got to the point to that Row. it was yeah. So he signed over to Death Row um, for three albums and for Shug to be his manager in exchange for Shug helping to like uh, front so the he's money been under Death Row for a while. Okay. No. Wait, what? like in prison, he it's while he's like just before he gets released, he signs over because then what Suge does oh, is fr- see, this is why you need to let me explain. Suge fronts the money to him to pay mm-hmm. his bail, which is basically it's not a loan. It's an advance on future royalties for the albums right, he's going to write right, right, right. under death row right. under his contract. So now not only is he signed has Suge as his manager and his label representative and like label owner. He now, any future royalties he makes for the next little while until this debt is covered, he doesn't get to keep. Right. So he's like further in debt to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shook has sought out one of the greatest rappers at the time, helped him out, and has basically signed him into indentured servitude to get him out of jail. Like he got him at his most vulnerable and he took advantage of it. And a three album contract at that, like... That, you're not going to be making a lot of money for a while. To make no. three albums, yeah, yeah. And, that's and, tough. and that's going to actually come into play a little bit later on some motivations. Okay, cool. Um, but I think the biggest sacrifice of all on Tupac's part was just how toxic the two of them together were going to be. Suge and yeah. Tupac. Suge was actually like, I don't know if he was fully like in it, but he was definitely affiliated with like the Pyru and the MOB, which is under the bloods um whereas and then this is where it comes into play a little bit so it's not just rap rivalry it's actual gang rivalry mm-hmm. a lot of death row records like it's all bloods it's all guys who were like a part of that gang involved with that gang all of that because suge was a part of them suge actually was a crit like in the life so i think that definitely involved tupac because again he's already in this thing like i'm a thug like people are after me blah 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 and um and Shug kind of fed into that and made him feel like a gangster f- made him feel like he was invincible all of this uh, blah 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 that's a very yeah that's yeah a very toxic and then relationship. On, exactly and then what doesn't help the fact is now you have this like big rivalry this other record label super big on the east coast bad boy records puff daddy he's got biggie smalls like the fucking g mm-hmm. and what puff does is hire crips everywhere so now you have these two rival there's again too there's all this history of like the bloods and the crips and like just how bloody their feud has been like forever is a whole other layer to <laughs> the story underneath um that you know again i would highly recommend researching so puff hired crips crips to like work as security they would just like hang out in their like in his entourage just you know so he could look bad yeah okay okay cool yeah Yeah. that's what i thought yeah just so he could look you know sick boy Mm -hmm. Sick, sick um but yeah so this is to set the stage that is everything leading up to what's going to be happening is you know Biggie and Pac aren't friends anymore. Pac, you know, writes Hit Em Up, probably one of the most deadly diss tracks other than No Vaseline by Ice Cube. Um, he, It's just aggressive. Like, he spends a good chunk of the last 
you know, couple minutes of that track just shouting how he's going to fuck over and murder everybody connected oh to Big. What? What? It's in, it's pure insanity. Um, and there was a lot of like heaviness and, and Pac just, you know, went deeper and deeper and deeper. That's crazy. Yeah. And meanwhile, too, like this rivalry builds up and builds up and builds up. And then like all this shit starts happening. And like Suge is notorious for roughing people up you know, torturing people. He, there's a story one time that this guy, oh, I can't remember what it was, but I think it was like some promoter or whatever that pissed him off. Um, this guy came to Shug's Christmas party. Shug brings him up into like an office, basically threats him, beats him up a little bit and then pisses in a champagne flute and tries to force him to drink it. Like this is, this is how crazy he is. These, this is, the, well, that's the, that's their, the realm that they're all in, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So again, too, you have now Puff, who's mm-hmm. probably like, man, I just want to make money. I want to make this guy a star. I want to be fly as fuck. Right. But I've got this legit gangster who wants to fucking kill me. Yeah. So this is all of the paranoia that is now building up to everything. Oh, I see. Cool. So now it's September 7th, 1996. Gotcha. September Tupac. Invited by Suge Knight, attends the Mike Tyson fight at the NGM Grand. Mm. Um, so with big it's place, him, Suge, and an entourage of people who naturally are mostly bloods. He proceeds to, as they're leaving the uh, event and going into the lobby of the MGM Grand, he proceeds to get into a fight with a guy by the name of Orlando Anderson, who's a member of the Southside Crips. Um, and... This fight was precipitated by the fact that, like, a few weeks earlier or whatever, Anderson got into a fight with a, with a couple bloods that were in Pac's, like, entourage mm-hmm. and, like, tried to, like, steal a chain or something. Okay. Um. So, Pac was like, yo, man, like, these are my boys. Like, I'm not going to let this, like, punk ass get away with it. I'm going to go fuck his shit up. So, then he goes and retaliates. What a very gangster response to the situation. Exactly. So, he goes and retaliates. And so, he fights a legit gang member. Um, the fight was broken and? up. <laughs> yeah. The fight ends up getting broken up. Um, everybody scatters, especially too, because like Suge, I think, was already on probation at the time. So if he got seen assaulting somebody, he could go back to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they all fucking scatter. And then later on, Pac gets in a car with Suge and they're driving to some like club or some party or some shit or whatever. Um but, like, instead of, like, riding with his bodyguard, because Pac had a bodyguard, too, at the time. Mm-hmm. Instead of riding with, like, a bunch of other people, it's just him and Shook in a car, and they're driving, and there's other people behind them in cars. Just all of all of the crew. Um, they end up getting stopped at a red light, and as they're stopped there, a white Cadillac... I know what's happening. A white Cadillac pulls up beside the passenger side of the car, and a gun gets fired out of the window. Blah, blah. Yeah, gotcha. Um, Pac gets hit four times and um, a bullet fragment grazes Suge's head as well. Although this isn't fully confirmed. Okay. It's weird. So Suge is fine. Tupac's dead. Is, is essentially like, how this is going Well, like right he's now. not dead on the scene. So this is... Oh my gosh. But he's like riddled and okay. is gasping. So I don't know if I missed this part. Okay. Um, I'm just going to... Sorry. That's, that's a very good time to pause. Um, yes. So... Tupac uh, goes and f- wants to fuck up this gang member who's a crip because he's in a gang. Now, was what is what is this a crip who was protecting or you know a entourage posse of Biggie at the time, or is this just I don't. He was he's just, just a, a crip. crip. He was okay. just a crip. Okay, because they're bigger. I know that they are big like gang. Yeah, he crew just happened to be in LA big... at the time, and and I and I think I don't know how it must have come up, but I guess somebody in his, some guy in like the entourage must have been like, "Yo, Pac, like that's the guy who like fucked our shit up a couple weeks ago," and he's like, "Nah, B." 
and then goes and starts right, I see. beating on Orlando so Anderson. Two, so Tupac's got this crew of his own. Well, yeah, like because it's bad, all it's all people affiliated with Death Row people. because Shug is in like gotcha with the blood. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. See, I told you. Oh, Shug's with the bloods. Did I miss that part? Did you? Yes, you did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. But okay. see what I mean, though? There's so much going on. Okay, yes. Um, so a LVPD officer by the name of Chris Carroll, um, now he comes forward like 18 years later to say this, um, but he was actually one of the first officers on the scene of the shooting mm-hmm. um, to kind of like say like what happened, what he saw when he got there. So he approached the vehicle um, and went up to Tupac. I, get, I can't tell if like... In all of the tellings that I've heard, I can't tell if he was in the car or had gotten pulled out of the car. But either way, he's Let's by the car. Let's out of the car, sure. Yeah. Might as well make it an image. So he's by the car. And Officer Carroll comes up to him, asks him, like, who shot you? Who shot you? Like, tell me. And then Pac, after taking a breath, says, fuck you, and slips into unconsciousness. Okay. These Typical be- Tupac response. Those ended up being his last words. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was rushed to the hospital and put on life support due to his injuries, and they had put him into a medically induced coma. And it was on September 13th, 1996, that he finally would pass away from his injuries at the age of 25. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I, I've you told me a little bit of this story. I've heard it from stuff that you've watched and listened to. Now, yeah. in, in all the referencing to the scenario at which he was stopped at a red light, it's always a white Cadillac. How is this information known? Um, is this coming oh, up? Oh, they or? were on a bit. So here's the thing. They were on a busy ass street. Right. Um, And there was like, and they had the windows rolled down and like Suge was just like going down the street and then people would look, happen to look over and go, oh my God, it's Pac. And then there was people screaming through. They're like, Tupac, Pac, like I love it. They were freaking. So there's it's Tupac, so like there was he was people, a big there was, star. There, so there was witnesses who were like, this who told the story? It was a gal. Downtown like, strip of La- uh, so Las Vegas. So nobody got a license plate. Nobody got nothing crazy. Just, no. that's a white Cadillac. Because so, so um, um, Shook. Shook is Shook. driving Tupac's in the back. No, Tupac's in the, it's literally the two of them. It's oh. Shook in the, as the driver and Tupac's in the passenger seat. So the car rolls up on them, the window's out, and they fire and That's drive a good off. Aim, eh? Okay. Yeah. Doesn't kill Shook, kills Tupac. Mm. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Which Shook, plays, um, with the fact that they were in the car together, just them, actually plays into some of the theories to kind of like disprove or make it weird. Yeah, because I don't think like, you know, killing, like, you know, kill Tupac, fine, but like, why not kill both? If you really hate one of them, right? Yeah. So like, this I'm is just... this is where it starts to like roll into play, and okay. we will get into that shortly. So there is one last thing I want to talk about before we get into the theories. Okay. And that is the events of March eighth. March eighth, nineteen ninety seven. Six, six, seven. Nineteen ninety seven. Right. Um. Christopher Wallace, aka Biggie Smalls, Biggie. Um, is in Los Angeles to prevent uh, to present an award to Tony Braxton at the 11th Annual Soul Train Music Awards. Gotcha. Um, he then attended an after party hosted by Vibe and Quest Records at the Peterson Automotive Museum. At 12:30 a.m., after the fire department closes down the party due to overcrowding, this was also insane. This place was not prepared for the amount of people that Probably. were going to be there. It was packed. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Biggie leaves with his entourage to get into like, there was just this line of Suburbans that they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there was three cars, three or four cars um, to return to the hotel. They were going to go to the hotel. He had somewhere to go the next day. 
So he traveled in the front passenger seat along with a few associates. Um, and then Puff traveled in another vehicle with three body. Oh, it's just the two of them. Sorry. Um, the other vehicle with like three body cards. They were trailed by a Chevrolet Blazer. So it's like kind of a different like. Still no license Still place. a truck. Of course. Yep. Um, carry uh, that. And then that car carried bad boy director of security Paul Offord. So it, I think it was like um, it was it was puffy in his car then it was biggie in his car and then the the like the head of security in the back car i see okay um and then at 12 45 or so i think um the streets were like it's literally they're all filtering out of the party so the street is like full of people gotcha. and full of witnesses um wallace's truck so biggie's truck gets stopped like i think that it's literally like you come out of the automotive museum and you get about like a little while up to an intersection, it gets stopped at a red light. Okay. Here's the thing about it though, is from what I can tell is from details of the case is the, the line of cars gets stopped. So Puff's car go or truck or whatever goes through the intersection. Okay. This is this, my question. This yeah. other car veers in and cuts the, um, cuts the head of security off. Okay. So, Puff gets through, the light turns red, Biggie, Biggie's car comes to a stop, and then as the other, the security is guy to get up to is, is pulling up to be behind the car still, this other truck comes into play. Everybody thinks that it's like some sort of setup for like the actual shooter's car to come in. This car literally had nothing to do with it. Okay. This car literally had nothing to do with it, but that's what happened. So head of security gets cut off. Sorry, I'm having some no technical difficulties with Siri. Um, it gets cut off. Okay. And what happens is while um, Biggie's truck is stopped at the red light, a black Chevy Impala pulls up alongside it. Um, now, the Impala's and driver, uh, Impala's driver is a like unidentified um, African-American guy. He was described as dressed in a blue suit with a bow tie. Mm. He rolls down his windows and drew a like pistol and then fired at the car. Um, four bullets hits Biggie. And his entourage ends up like literally the guy driving the car floors it and drives to Cedar Sinai. They they don't stop. Like he literally realizes that they got shot and he just drives the car away. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy, like the head of security, tries to like get out of the car and and hell, like it's just it's mad, utter madness because this other truck cuts him off and then drives away out of nowhere and the Impala rolls up. And Biggie gets shot, and that car just drives away. Okay, so the truck in the between the security and Biggie yeah. is now gone. It's gone. And then the Impala shows up. Yeah. Okay. Because he, like, cuts it off. It all kind of happens subsequently. But, like, as the, like, truck's trying to, like, pull out of the way again, the shots go off. This truck floors it. It's like a white truck of some okay. sort. Um, and then... The you Impala know, the driver follows that person basically like right after. No, the Impala is just gone. Yeah, but they, they almost, so the truck, yeah, because I don't know if the, like, is okay, the truck. Okay, so, so this truck that cuts off the head of security is just two guys who wanted to get Biggie and Puff on board with helping a movie script get made. Okay. That just wanted to try and follow them to right, wherever right, right, they right. were going. But then, but so then the truck leaves. Yeah. And then the Impala comes up. So the truck's gone. That's how you've been. T- that's how you just told me. Sorry. So is it the truck is still there? The Impala comes up. Who leaves? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure. Like the the truck still leaves first because the shots go off. So these guys are like, oh fuck. But how can you get out of that if 
the Impala's I think they like did a U turn or some shit like that. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I because so again, they too, the, went one way, the, there's probably like parking or... nearby because it's downtown LA and yeah. there's like buildings. Because w- again, I I like it's not okay fully clear okay. in a lot of the details gotcha. that it's just they're like so, once the, so basically once the shots go off the truck leaves. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Works for me. Um. But yes. And so the Impala bolts obviously. And you said they drive to where? Cedar Sinai Medical Center. Okay. Um, and doctors try and perform surgery on him, but he's pronounced dead at 1.15 a.m. on March 9th, 1997. Oh. Um, in his autopsy that gets released a long, long time afterwards, um, it actually shows that the final shot was fatal. So out of the four shots, just the final one was fatal. It oh, entered wow. through his like hip and stuck in his and struck his like colon, liver, and heart. Biggie wasn't Before. driving. Biggie wasn't driving the car. No, he was in obviously. like a passenger right. seat at like the back of the vehicle. Um, but yeah, nobody knew where that Apollo went. No, but it it comes into play later. Okay. Um, one thing I will say. So now I'm going to get into theories. Okay. Of of, of what happened to these okay. guys. Is that gonna? Is that how we're gonna end the stories? Or is there more? Because we're there's time. There's how much? I don't really know. Time probably like twenty minutes, maybe ten. Did we already chew up that much time? Oh yeah. Well, because we have the intro and everything in between. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Do you want to go through theories and try to end it? Maybe we do a part two, depending on the the excitement of this of this. We'll see. And you can just try to dr- will, draw a line oh, the where you're might at. Take a while, but I'll I'll do it. So we'll get into this. Okay. Um. So I'm going to start with some theories on Pac because again, he died first. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing. So to preface a lot of this too, what I will say. Um. Some curious info after his shooting, the police never really properly investigated or bothered to try and arrest an- anyone. And actually failed to follow up with a member of Pac's crew that night that said that he actually saw the shooter and could identify him. Mm-hmm. Um, this witness actually ended up getting murdered two months after Pac's shooting, with the police still never having interviewed him. Okay, interesting. Great. A big thing with both these cases that I have noticed is that a lot of like the first initial investigations and a lot of the half-hearted attempts by certain like organizations to try and solve it um really has to do with the fact that they the idea at the time especially with police officers it's the 1990s it is in and around la that these shootings in in las vegas these shootings happen Mm -hmm. especially in la it was not a good time to be a police officer Mm. lapd was hella corrupt there were scandals exploding everywhere people hated cops and most importantly cops hated gangsters and gangster rappers so these two guys ended up getting shot and they're like yeah whatever well it's probably a gang shooting who the fuck cares about these guys um literally fucking everybody well yeah yeah you got a point you you get what i mean right um but yeah so i that is and ends up doing a big disservice to these cases and probably why they haven't been properly bad investigation by police gotcha except for a few okay okay so here we go tupac this is theory one of what happened. This theory is courtesy of a guy named Chuck Phillips. He's a former journalist for the LA Times. Um, he claims that Orlando Anderson, the Crips, and Biggie Smalls were repo- were responsible for Tupac's shooting. Um, Phillips and the Times investigated for over a year and came up with these following conclusions. One, the Crips were involved as retaliation for the Orlando Anderson beating. Anderson was the shooter. However, he did deny this until he died in May of 1998. So okay. he obviously never got fully interviewed about anything I'm going to try that. to question that Anderson was the dude he beat up at the fight. Gotcha. MGM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And three, that Biggie paid a million dollars for the murder and supplied the gun. 
Uh, this connection is they theorized was because of the long feud that he had with Tupac um, and the whole like East Coast West Coast rivalry and the fact that they had gotten into verbal altercations and that there were diss tracks made, which in my opinion is pretty weak because Biggie actually cared a lot about Pac. Um, and he actually, I believe there were some reports that he actually defended Pac after the whole Ayanna Jackson thing. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, number two theory is courtesy of the, one of the most infamous cops in this case, um, a Russell pool. He's former LAPD. Um, this guy had a stellar record and I think he drove himself insane trying to solve this. Yeah. So he, (laughs) he believes that Suge Knight set up Tupac, um, despite Suge being in the car as well. And his motive is as follows. So basically, um, Suge owed Tupac a lot of money, reportedly a few million dollars. Um, this gets corroborated um, by the fact that Afini Shakur, so Tupac's mom, actually like sued death row for mishandling Tupac's funds. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. So there's potentially now, okay, so there's a good chance that like Suge has made a bunch of money off Tupac and now he actually owes him this money and he doesn't want to pay him. Mm-hmm, and this guy's mm-hmm. like dirty as hell, so of course he doesn't want to pay. Right. Second of all, um, Tupac wanted to leave death row records. Uh, Pac had recently fired a lawyer that also represented Suge and had actually wrote Pac's agreement with death row records. Um, and then Suge invites Tupac to the Mike Tyson match a week after this happens. Um, basically, the idea of it, and this leads into uh, one of the big things that people have a problem with with Tupac um, is one of the conspiracy theories is that he didn't actually die. And they, they pointed all of this like posthumous albums. Like he released, there was a lot of music released after he died. Right. A lot. A lot. Yeah. And which is people happen- are which like, happens a lot. These which days does still. happen a lot. Right. And we will in, which has happened with a few guys. That you love. Like, right. Yes. Um, now one of these reasons they write a lot of music. These guys are constantly making music. Also remember that little agreement that he signed for the three albums. Pac wanted to leave Death Row Records, and if he desperately wanted to leave, he's going to write as much shit as possible to fulfill his contract Mm -hmm. so he can piece the fuck out of there and maybe still have some material that he can then release on his own. So how many albums did he have released at the time of his death? Oh, God. Like, enough or what? I I don't... I think he might have only released, like, the one album or something. Okay. I think... So one album is supposedly... I, I, I think. That okay. part I'm a, fu- a little fuzzy on. Okay, that's um, fine. I just wanted to yeah. know if he was again, like out of his contract or something. No, but I, de- I definitely... What I did hear from like stuff on the podcast, um, the one of the guys from last podcast, Marcus, he actually brings up the fact that he was probably just trying to write himself out from... And then still have enough, you know, to um, be able to do his own thing afterwards. Right. Yeah. Hundred percent. Gotcha. Um. So some of the other evidence to like support this that like Russell points to is the fact that um, Shook didn't like immediately run away like everybody else. He stopped and made a phone call while everybody else fled the scene of the Orlando Anderson like fight. Mm -hmm. Um. And then later insisted that Pac ride in his car as they were leaving. What was that phone call about? My yeah. dude? Like, what's going on? So they fought, yeah, this Anderson guy. Yeah. And then he was like, gotta make a phone call. And yeah. then, hey, let's leave. Yeah. All in that order. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, and then later on, so remember how I mentioned um, that Suge was on, like, probation or at the time? Yeah. And that he, if he, like, got caught in the kerfuffle of, like, the, the fight over Orlando, fight, right. he could get sent back to jail. Okay. So I guess later there was, like, 
testimony um, because he was brought before because, you know, Shug was getting in trouble. They're like, yo, you got into an altercation? Like, that violates your probation. Um, apparently, Orlando Anderson changed his testimony about the fight. So at first, he said something about Shug being involved in, like, the hitting. And then later on, he testified in court that he was like, oh, I, like, I think, like, Shug, like, was pulling people off me, blah, 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 like pulling people apart, you know, acting like the peacemaker of the fight, right? Okay. So um, Poole points to that as I believed like payoff by night, like Knight gave him a bunch of money mm-hmm. and was like, here, change your story. Um, and then also like, hey, thanks for killing Pac. Wow. <laughs> and then um, remember how I mentioned that like no one knows for sure about Shug's wound? Yes. So apparently... Um, it was, he had said that like he, his head got grazed, but like a bunch of people couldn't see his scar or any right. sort of blood or anything like that. There was no medical records. Um, but then it turns out that like Chris Carroll, remember the officer that I said was the first one on the scene? He actually like said that there was like blood dripping from Shug's head. I see. Okay. Um, but that is theory number two. Okay. Um, theory number three is from Greg Kading. You remember who I said that was? No. Okay, so he was the guy who was hired to do the task force um, to help solve the Biggie case, and then they inadvertently okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. found out what okay, happened to Pac. I see. Right, right, right. Yeah. So here's where we get a little bit into what I subscribe to happened. He believes that Puff paid a guy named Dwayne um, Keith Keefe D. Davis, who was at the Southside Crip, who's really high up there. All these names, man. I'm just going to call him Keefe D. So Keefe D., a uh, million dollars. Orlando Anderson, who is Keefe D's nephew, was the trigger man. And um, this is supported by the fact that Kading actually got Keefe to confess on tape about what happened. And Keefe was in. Keefe said he was in the car when it happened. Um, the motive, according to Keefe D, was um, for the fear that that Puff had that Shug would try and go after them first. Okay. Um, and then Pete. Puff only included Tupac because of the hit him up track because in hit him up, he not only threatens everybody, but Tupac also says that he slept with Faith Evans, who was Biggie's wife at the time. Mm. Yep. Okay. It's not as eloquently said as that. He's quite vulgar about it, but okay. So Keefe says that Puff paid, doesn't like Tupac pissed him off basically he had tupac on there he's like might as well shoot him because he said some fucked up shit about my homeboy but the main goal was to get shug shot because he was afraid of shug i see is what keefe says and um just also like kating also believes the extra layer of that was that like Pac was shot on november 30th and 94 at quad recording studios and, you know, Puck thought that people associated with Puff did it. So Puff was like, hey, they're going to hate us anyway. So let's just, you know. I see. I gotcha. Yeah. So Puff does. Be- yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Puff's got so, a lot of money. Wants to kill. Those Shug. are the main theories. Um, other stuff is of ridiculous. Tupac. What I will cool. say um, is the one theory that I do think tar- tarnishes the tragedy of everything is the fact that he is still alive. And then this is um, where I talk about, um, like, the explanation as to why there was so much posthumous work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Okay, so that's three theories of Tupac's mm-hmm. death. Jumping to Biggie's now. Cool, awesome. Yes, because I like, I, I'm kind of more inclined on Biggie's because we kind of jump story. Yeah, and then he got to just get shot, 
and this scenario i had so many questions about it to begin with so yes. i would like to know so there is truly one fleshed out theory as to what happened to biggie um and it's put forward by russell Poole once mm-hmm. again um so his whole initial thing um was that suge knight hired um corrupt LAPD officers, um, namely a guy named David Mack, um, who was actually moonlighted as security at death row. So he was on the payroll. Mm. Um, and Mack got a guy named Amir Muhammad um, to join him as retaliation for Tupac Mac, shooting. Mac? David Mack. Okay. The officer. Um, David Mack was a corrupt officer who was actually caught as being part of a bank robbery crew. Um, and then when a search warrant was executed after his arrest on his home, Guess what kind of car he had? Chevy Bel Air. I don't. I don't know. A black Impala. Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was also later found out at a second investigation later on um, that was prompted um, by like Valletta Wallace filing a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of L.A. Um, that there was specific bullets found in Biggie that were super rare. Uh huh. And. Um, it was. It could only be bought in like a few places in the U.S. Um, guess who had bullets at their home? Uh, David Mack. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nailed that one. And do you want to know what they didn't do with his car? They didn't. Uh, don't know. They didn't do any forensic tests on it. Oh, interesting. When of they the first arrested him and they never followed any leads with the bullets. Hmm. Wait, so they, they arrested who? Um, I'm when they arrested Mac for like the robberies he was connected with. Okay. Yeah. So initially, like Russell Poole really dived deep into the idea that all of these officers within the LAPD oh, were like covering corrupt. up for each right, other right. and were super corrupt. Whereas when Kading went back and did his investigation, um, it looks like there was just like a few guys who were like on the payroll and were just willing to take some money to like not be good cops gotcha um it wasn't an overarching conspiracy within the lapd i think the problem with the lapd is that they didn't really give a shit yeah at the time at the time and then gangsters it seemed yeah and they kind of figured hey like you know if we just pretend like we put in the work and like don't really care about it anymore no one's gonna care but yet you have a lot of people who cared so that idea kind of bit them in the ass Yep, yep um also amir muhammad okay is a regular guy he was an accountant and he had nothing to do with it his life actually got ruined um so i guess it was his um like his like muslim name or whatever like that and he had a he had like a another name as well um he was a roommate of david mack in university or college or whatever and he had gone to visit mack in jail and while russell Poole was doing all these interviews with like people who were in the same jail as david mack mm-hmm. he ended up like looking at he interviewed these guys and this one guy um who was like starting to mention all these names that kind of sounded like amir muhammad mm-hmm. um and then Poole found a connection with the sign-in logs for David Max visitors and was like, hmm, this must be the guy. And then it like ruined this guy's life because mm. he had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem I find with like jailhouse confessions from like other prisoners because they could just be saying that thinking that they're going to like get a reduced sentence mm-hmm. or get mm-hmm. transferred somewhere better or get perks like on the inside or something gotcha. like that. Right. You can't really trust them when right. they say stuff. Um, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And do so we... So what are, what are the other theories about Big E? 
Hmm? That's big, that was that was the oh, one fleshed one out one. There's one very fleshed out theory, um, and honestly, yeah, I, guess, I, I guess think it it's partially right. I think I think there is a lot about Suge that like is the reason about to Biggie um, and what ties it together. Um, but because of the time frame being so so spread out, we said March of t- 1997, March of 1997. Yeah. So you have about seven months there of you know freedom like you know that's a big that's a good time to plan stuff sure but i it it sounds just like really scarce to just have and like the the whole part with like the truck parking in between him and the security manager and then this car the chevy impala coming up i'm like where does that you know yeah who's this guy and whatever it just doesn't seem to make sense yeah it doesn't tie together as much as maybe i think but that is also the 101 crash course yeah right so do we, do you want to what I think happened? Sure. So what I think happened is Puff shooting the shit with all these gang guys wanting to look like tough shit. Mm-hmm. One day, just off the cuff, says something about how somebody's got to get rid of Shug. Mm-hmm. And he's got all these crips around listening. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Life goes on. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, whatever. But then they prob- they might, like, what, if- okay, sorry, I'm just not going to interrupt you. Yeah, and, and basically how, like, you know, um, somebody's got rid of him, I'd pay good money, whatever. Something right. off the cuff like that. In, like, a j- joking way, though, yeah. but that's, like, because you talk about it say, so much that it's kind of serious. Exactly. Gotcha. So what I, w- and again, too, he's probably a little scared of him as well. Uh-huh. What I will say, no money has ever been recorded to be exchanged between Puff and anybody in the Crips. Right. Um. But, yeah, so... Um, or specifically like Keefe or anybody else. But anyways, I think that happens. Um, and then basically all the shit with Orlando goes down. Orlando Anderson is Keefe D's nephew. Mm-hmm. They're in Vegas together. He just gets beat on by a bunch of bloods. They're probably like, yo, we're going to fuck these punks up. Crips and then like, Ke- yeah, pissed. Yeah. And Keefe's going to go, hey, you know what? What's Keefe's, role? What's Keefe's role with the Crips? Is he He's up like there? way the fuck up there. He oh, helped there like them spread into other chapters in different cities. And what's Anderson like in the Crips? Still up there? Is just, just a, like just the a guy. Right. Just a guy. It's just right. a nephew. Um, so Keefe's probably like, hey, I wonder if like, yeah, we're going to fuck these guys up. But if we get Shug, we'll get some money out of Puff. And right. we'll get the cred for ah, it. I see. So, and then, you know, Pac's there. Right. Um, what happens is in some of like Keefe D's like um, like testimony that he Kading gets out of him is that they were driving around for a while trying to find these guys couldn't find them almost was gonna give up and then guess what makes them what helps them find Pac and Shug? Don't know. Everybody on the street going, Pac, Pac, oh, there's sense. Pac, like. That's losing their shit because like they had the windows down because Pac was like waving at everybody right. and everybody was screaming they're like oh shit they're over there let's go get them right now mm-hmm. they were about to just go run off and and give up mm-hmm. but no they turn around they shoot them they drive off and then what i think happens is that shug thinks you know because of their association with the crips that biggie and puffer behind it just like you know he thought he thinks that biggie and puffer behind um um, Pac getting you know beat up in the elevator in at quad because that's what Pac told him happened what he thought happened so he's probably like these fucking guys finally killed him I'm gonna fuck their shit up because right. again he like literally has no type of ways about being a criminal the guy's in jail now because he ran over a dude with a car Shug like yeah right, Shug okay. yeah well, um, I still so, think so Shug- yeah I think that's what happened Shug went you know what I'm gonna fuck these guys up and then hired a corrupt detective on his payroll to go 
driving his yeah. black Impala yeah, cause and he probably bank. Yeah, because he's probably on, you know, Suge's friend list kind of thing. It seems like Suge's more involved in no he's probably to like Mac, like hey i'll pay police. you a lot of money right. go kill this he kid he knows a corrupt police officer because of the yeah. situation he's in i don't know i i'm i i think i'm a little bit more subscribed to the um suge being in charge of of, of tupac's death because of the money really like, eh? I, I i just think because based on the persona you gave suge i think he's just a terrible dude like he he'd be willing to do anything but he doesn't want to get his blood his hands dirty so he hires other people yeah but why would he risk himself in the he didn't he didn't risk shit well like, yeah what? he got hit by a bullet fragment uh, i don't believe it you have one dude who says i was there and it was covered in blood uh, i don't know that was 18 what he took him how long to before you can 18 years before he came mean? forward are you kidding me yeah. do you remember 18 years ago <laughs> no i don't even care if i was 50 years old or however old that guy was you don't remember every detail of an 18 year old like you know crime scene incident yeah, yeah, yeah i don't care what you've been you're a police you were a police officer you yeah. have been through probably worse crimes than even that yeah you don't remember yeah and like yeah you might have been but maybe it was like maybe when you because you twisted as time goes on yeah. and maybe uh shook just got splatters from uh from from tupac and he yeah. was like or maybe you know he did it to himself like maybe yeah. You put them in position because, like, you know, they're not responding right away. Police officers don't just get there. Like, maybe yeah. Tupac's like, hey, I need to, like, look, like, whatever. So maybe he takes blood, smears on his face, like, I got shot. And then the twist is, you know, the, the police officer goes, I'm going to deal with Tupac because he's like, got shot four times. You got grazed in the head. Go deal yourself. And then Tupac says, fuck off. And then that's the story. I don't know. That's kind of where I'm subscribed. Because hmm. yeah. I think, because, you know, Suge's now scot-free and I, I don't, well, yeah. I mean. He's in jail right now, right? He's in jail right now. Right. Yeah. I see. Where's Puff at? He's just chilling. Puff's dead. Puff. Oh, Puff. Puff's Puff's living the life. I was gonna say he's chilling. Puff I daddy. mean, mind you, he lost one of his best friends, so that's sad. Right. But you know, he's still he's money. he's, he's made an his... amazing career for himself. Gotcha. Gotcha. He's now referred to as Sean Combs, but like he's got his clothing lines. He's got fucking colognes. He's he's been fucking yeah, running his chilling. labels okay. forever. Okay, fair He's enough. chilling. Okay, I don't know. That's uh, that's very good. I'm surprised that Biggie doesn't have too many. Uh, conspiracies or theories of his own but i think no i think the biggest thing was that more, it, the biggest like you know main theory was that of russell pool going literally every in the everybody in the lapd is corrupt yeah yeah that's about it and yeah. that's why this kid died you could probably tie each of the the tupac theories with uh the biggie theories but that's the because thing it's a ripple Sh- effect because if, if you put suge in the the realm of it was his fault tupac died or then you put um the Crips in the in the realm of they were the ones who killed Tupac and all these yeah. things, and you have different people doing. Yeah, you know, you have different reasons why. Yeah, Biggie was shot. Yeah, but I think that was extremely fascinating. And mind you, that was a lot of information, and I Holy there's smokes. just so much more nuance. There's so much. There's so many more I, facts I, I, and stories. And for anybody, like go refer to the references then sources that mm-hmm. Ryan mentioned. Uh, yeah. that's a very fascinating story. Thank you. For covering so much. What I will also say is if you do want something a little bit more dramatized, but due to my research, I noticed that there's a lot of like actual like real life consistencies. Um, There is a little um, series called Unsolved, The Murders of Biggie and Tupac, Mm -hmm. um, that are on uh, Netflix. It is a wonderful series. The actors that they got for Biggie and Pac look eerily similar. Mm -hmm. Um, Really well acted. 
Um, Jimmy Simpson plays Russell Poole and uh, Josh Duhamel plays Greg Kading. Um, it's really well done. It's a fantastic, if you want something a little more dramatized um, to understand the story and understand what happened, um, I would highly recommend it. It's really well done. There you go. Uh, and I guess that that's kind of it, guys. This was a, a pretty long episode. Um, if you're here at the end... We appreciate the hell out of you. Holy smokes. We cannot thank you enough. And, and to anybody who even listened, it might just have skipped this part. Cheers to you. Uh, we love you so much. Thank you for the support from everybody. Like we said, it's been this really tough kind of uphill battle trying to get us. And at the, especially this time of the of life, it's not easy for us to promote this type of stuff. And we like we want to start doing it publicly once we get back to a normal outgoing setting. But Absolutely. where we're at right now, we're just kind of just doing this week by week and trying to provide you guys with entertaining content. Make it relaxed. Make it interesting. Absolutely. Make it positive. And that's what this this whole thing was about, you know. More yeah. information for you, yeah. And uh, and keep going. Um, I think it was f- um, really fun for me to like go back through all the information again and remember the story and and really get a sense of and greater appreciation for what really happened to these right. guys. I love their music. Right. I love this time and being able to like listen back and hear more about the backstory of like not just these guys but all the other guys who were in the same like playing field and in the music scene. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm just like, damn, like I listened to these tracks. I know what these guys are saying. Like, this is so cool and tragic and crazy and unbelievable. And it's just been really interesting. And I hope that, you know, what we talked about here gave you guys a lot of like interesting information and told a decent story. You know, I, I hope I did it enough justice. You you killed it. hundred (laughs) percent. I think if you guys are really, if you guys are still here, um, if you guys, (laughs) the next rabbit hole, I think we want to do, uh, based on the, this or that we did a while ago, was it area 51? What was area 51 paired with? I think area 51 and the Beatles were half and half. I think they were half and half. And then it was, uh, the men in black and Zodiac. And I think Zodiac Zodiac won that one out. Killer. Um, um, so yeah, there's, there's the 50 fifties on all of those, but I really want to do our 51. Yeah. Um, let us like Ryan, you, you did a great job. Thank you. Like amazing job. <laughs> so much information. Thank you for like, you took an afternoon for that and that's incredible. I yeah. I did some research yesterday and then, you know, wrote everything in my outline. It's amazing. Good stuff. You're yeah. born, nat- natural born journalist. Thank you. 100%. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Let's Have a Drink. We love you. We love you. We love you. We hope you're enjoying a drink right now. Yeah. I mean, we are. We are. And we're just relaxing. We're chill. We love you guys. Thank you for the support. And I guess we'll just catch you next week. Peace. <laughs>